Welcome back, everybody, to another week of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa. Abigail, it's Thanksgiving week. We've got playoff round three from classes 1A all the way to 4A. We've got six teams still in the playoffs in the Brazos Valley. And we've also got a huge game. Friday night at Merrill Green Stadium in Bryan between AM Consolidated and Rudder. Uh, we'll have Zach Taylor on later in the show previewing that game. He is from WTAW. He's also the voice of the Rudder Rangers. Zach will join us. Abigail, happy yeah. Thanksgiving week. How are you doing? You too. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I mean, um, I think anybody who likes high school football has a lot to be thankful for this week. <laughs> There's so many good games, especially in the Brazos Valley. Um, we have great matchups and playoffs. Uh, people are fighting for, you know, to, to go on to the quarterfinals, obviously. And then, you know, we got some local teams who are doing some big things, too, this week. Um, and obviously, two of them will be playing each other. So, um, gr- great week. I mean, busy week, obviously, Thanksgiving. But, um, yeah, it, it should be a good one, Alex. For sure. I am thankful that we have made it this far in the football season. I mean, there were times that it looked bleak, (laughs) but hey, let's give a shout out to all the coaches and the players and the trainers who, you know, there's been some hiccups here and there. Guys, we've had some canceled games and guys that have had to sit, but the season has rolled on. So shout out to all of them for taking it taking it seriously being safe as they can and uh rolling with the punches because it's not fall without football so yes in a year that has not been great i am thankful that we are still here talking about football so let's get november yeah so let's get to it all right first we have to look back at last week's action we'll briefly touch on rudder and brian Brian was off their game against Coppers Cove was canceled due to COVID. Uh, They got the forfeit win. They're in the playoffs. We talked with David Campbell last week about what that means. Rudder, on the other hand, they had a bye week. Uh, We'll, we'll expound on the Rangers here in a bit, but so nothing much to really talk Mm -hmm. about there. Anum consolidated though, a complete win over Mm -hmm. full shear. Uh, A good response after their loss to Montgomery Lake Creek. They were strong in all three phases, got some non-offensive touchdowns. Abigail, how big was that win for the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we mentioned last week that, uh, you know, they were projected to win. We kind of thought it would be like this, kind of a blowout game for them um, before they get rudder at the end um, to end their season, or district at least. but yeah, it was a great one. They would score on all three phases, which is something that maybe we saw um, this year. Um, that you know, it's usually either the defense or the offense kind of wins it for them. So it was great to see all three phases come together. They all got the, to see the end zone, um, which is a great thing that you want to see, especially going against Rudder um, this week. Which um, you know we'll talk about later. Um, it's not a must win for Consol, but very important game for them um, to come out and win. So it was really nice to see them um, all come together against full share and really get a solid game in before um, having to face the Rangers this week. For sure. Speaking of dominant performances, the College Station Cougars, they rolled past Caney Creek last week, 72-0 on homecoming. Running back Marquise Collins, he was our player of the week. 10 carries, 110 yards, three touchdowns, and he added two through the air. Jet Huff, 13 of 14 passing. He broke his school record for completion percentage in a single game. 93% completion percentage. I wonder, I I wasn't at the game, but I wonder what the one incompletion was. I hope it wasn't a drop. That would have been sad. (laughs) No. Yeah, um, he's been doing well this season. Uh, We've seen in the past two games, um, very consistent. I mean, 93%. Um, only one, only one um, drop there, but yeah, uh, great to see. Obviously, Collins get in the end zone a little bit more. We've talked about them kind of increasing their run game starting early. Um, he scored all five of his touchdowns in a row, um, so it, you know it's really good to see. Um, obviously, the 
they're playing, they've been playing, you know, teams who haven't won these past two weeks. Um, but I think it's really giving them some confidence, um, obviously not only on their defense, but offensive wise, they're really clicking, um, you know, obviously with Huff and Collins and Brown and, and all those guys out there so them I think when they get to Mag West in that final week and and eventually in the playoffs for sure and moving along let's 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 look at some small schools uh round two of the playoffs last week the area round we've got six teams advancing to the regionals Navasota Franklin Lexington they'll face off against each other this week mm-hmm. Norman G Snook and Calvert um Let's start with Norman G. I think Cease was out there in Palestine yeah. <laughs> Westwood. Uh, the Panthers, they're 11-0 for the first time in school history. First time they've won 11 games in ever. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't without some anxiety, though. They needed a pass breakup on the last play to beat Price Carlisle 27-21. It was Isaiah Jones, of course, coming up with the big play. Uh Panthers, man, they're just on a roll. Yeah, they're doing good. I mean, they, we talk about every week, I feel like I always say it, but they have great guys to lean on. I mean, when you got Jones, uh, you got Hardy, um, you got people like that who you can just not only rely on offensively um, to, to score those touchdowns for you, but off, obviously on defense. Um, we saw it again this week. This was probably, um, other than this week against Beckville, Carlisle, definitely the toughest this game that they the toughest team that they played this season um and we saw it in the score um but yeah Norman's able to pull it out again um with their defense franklin and lexington they rolled over natalia and taff respectively they were both big favorites in that mm-hmm. game and now it sets up the showdown slash the rematch of that <laughs> week five game when franklin beat lexington lexington didn't have the be- best game that night uh, lots of turnovers, but um, yeah. And how about Lexington's defense? Two straight weeks with a shutout. Yeah, I mean that obviously has to give them some confidence going into um, this week against Franklin, especially since the last time they played. You know, they weren't as strong there. That you know, Murphy and um, Malcolm Murphy and and Seth Spiller from Franklin were really able to just um, kind of take off on the run attack and, and lead the the Lions there. Um, so really good to see Lexington these past two weeks. I'm sure that gives them a lot of confidence. And we'll, we'll talk about that game, obviously, a little bit later. But yeah, um, two great wins. I mean, um, I don't know if we ever doubted it, but, you know, great to see these, these teams come back together <laughs> in such a pivotal game, I mean, in the playoffs. For sure. That's a matchup we have circled this week. Um, <laughs> Snook, they reached the third round for the first time in school history. It's been a year of first. For the Blue Jays, so yes. here they are. Yeah, I mean, very historic season. I mean, they open up their stadium, um, their first stadium ever. They have a homecoming game. They win it. Um, and, they, you know, they get to their district champs. Then they get, you know, past the area round and into the regionals. I mean, um, the, this Blue Jay team is just rolling through. Um, they're having a lot of fun. And, and I talked to, you know, Coach Boone Patterson um, this week about it and um i'll get into that later when we talk about their game this week um against um cristobal but but yeah um blue jays is just running through it for sure and then at the 1a level calvert they got past cherokee pretty easily and this sets up probably maybe the best six-man game of the week between them and richland springs yeah, no doubt. I mean, two big teams going at it. Obviously, we, we they played last year, um, and Calvert lost um, to, to get out of the playoffs. So, um, yeah, huge matchup. I know we've talked a lot about, obviously, Consol, Rudder, Franklin, Lexington. Um, but this is another big one um, that people might not be talking as much about, but they should be because um, it'll, be, it'll be a great game. And one team I left off my notes, but Abigail, you were there, Navasota. And they had to win that game over a good Rockport Fulton team without Jamar Jesse in the second half. Yeah, you know, um, obviously that these the past two seasons they they haven't been able to get past the area round. Um, they lost to Mithilonia, 
Mithaloni inherited both years. Um, so, you know, obviously kind of a weight lifted off their shoulder this year. They're able to get past the area around, get into the regionals. Um, and, and, you know, um, they were able to pull out this win, obviously, without Jamar Jesse, their starting quarterback, who went down in the second quarter. You know, he just took he took a quick six-yard run and ended up getting hit, you know, as he was going out, um, out of bounds and ended up, you know, he was down for a few minutes there at the Navasota sideline, and um, he didn't come back in. Um, you know, Coach Dacus said it was a so shoulder injury. So, obviously, um, it was not only a big win for them to get past the area round, but also a big win for them to win without Jesse, who, as we know, this whole season has been the guy for them. Um, you know, he can run, he can pass, he does it all for them. Um, so it was really big that they were able to come out with that win. Their defense really stepped up to the plate. Um, also, their run game had to get a little bit better there really quickly. Um, you know, you have Drew Gonzalez go in at quarterback. Um, he was a little rusty, obviously, there in the beginning because, you know, you have Jesse, so you, you're not expecting to play um, at all in the playoffs, and he got, he got the spot. But he really did come out. He had a, ended up throwing a touchdown later on. Um, but you got Jamarian Freer. Who, um, who had, you know, over 200 yards rushing for them um, and ended up having the game-winning touchdown. So it was a big win for them all around. I mean, it really came down to, to the last second there, um, whether Navasota's defense would be able to pull it in. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it. They, they've left the game up to the second half before, and they did again this week, and um, they were able to come out with a win. So big all around. For sure. And – Three teams in the Brazos Valley were eliminated last week, Hearn, Leon, and Bremond. Uh, Hearn, kind of an upset by Beckville. Um, we kind of were wondering if Hearn and Norman G would square off a two unbeatens, and yeah. Beckville had other ideas. And um, the Eagles season, it, it came to an end a little shorter than some might have expected, but, man, that's, that's a tough loss for Hearn. They lost by three. Yeah. I don't know if we saw, you know, what we really wanted, obviously, that matchup between Norma G and Hearn. Um, it would have been great for the Brazos Valley to have two, um, well, actually three matchups this week against other teams in the Brazos Valley. But, um, yeah, you know, a, a tough win against Beckville, obviously. Um, now, it, it's kind of good, though, I mean, because we're able to see how they could play against Norma G this week, obviously. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but um, – Big upset, but Hearn, great this season. Obviously, they went undefeated until um, losing last week, which is a big feat um, this year. So, um, great job to them. But um, a little bit upset we couldn't get that match if we wanted, Alex. <laughs> for <laughs> sure, for sure. And Leon, uh, they couldn't keep up with Timpson after a strong first half. Timpson, one of the top-ranked teams mm -hmm. in the state, down at 2A Division One. Um Leon, though, they definitely exceeded expectations yeah. this season. They were picked last, to finish last in their district by Dave Campbells. They ended up finishing second, and they get to the area round, and, man, they had Timpson on their toes for a while. Yeah, when we mentioned you were there, I mean. I was. I, yeah, I mean, like, Timpson, we mentioned, was obviously going to be a tough team to beat, this, this, especially in the area round when, when everything's on the line. Leon obviously gave them some trouble there, but um, I mean, how did they look? I, 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 I'm, I'm uh, curious to, to know how they kind of went up against Timpson, who um, has been very strong this season. Yeah, Leon, they came out, they, they rolled down the field, uh, scored on their first drive. They came up with three first-half turnovers, which was huge to stay in the game. The problem was they couldn't capitalize on any of them. Uh, they... They had one touchdown off one of them. They got the ball at their own 45-ish, and then they got another one in Timpson territory. You know, Leon doesn't have a kicker, really. They, they always go for two. So right. settling for a field goal wasn't an option. Um, and then in that third quarter, uh, Timpson kicked a field goal as time expired in the first half. Start the third quarter. Tyson Kernett, he fumbled the ball at the own 20 Timpson quickly scored. They Leon drove down the field. They had fourth and goal at the one. And I mean, it this play seemed out of a movie. Leon just couldn't get in. They do a jet sweep to Cornette. 
Oh. He runs to the corner and like three Timson defenders just like pick him up and throw him down at the one. I was, I mean, it was, it was a nutty play. And then they drive 99 yards and score a touchdown. And then Leon, they turn the ball over on downs. And then the very next play, Timson scores. And by then it was game. So, um, yeah, you mentioned Cornette, another great guy that we're going to miss having on the honor roll. <laughs> He's been pretty consistent on there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's tough to see, especially him kind of go down um, on that play. That sounds wild. For sure. Him and Jacob Robinson had great senior seasons. Um, congratulations to Coach Colbert's team on a good year. Definitely. You know, another duo we're going to miss, Bremon, they lost to Tenaha last week, and – that's the end of the Jeff Seth Kozowski area. Seth, the the southpaw slinger who runs that read option so well. Yeah. They weren't able they weren't able to pull off the big wind over that East Texas power Tenaha. Yeah, you know, I, it was a ground game shootout from what I heard. Um, obviously, Travis was out there, um, but. Uh, yeah, we knew it was going to be a tight game. We said that it would probably get really close um, and ended up being, I think, 42 to 30. Um, so within there, but, you know, Tanea's defense um, made all the difference there. Um, and it really sad to see, obviously, a Bremont team who was able to come out of adversity. They were, you know, having to play games every five days or whatever the schedule was there. But um, that's really tough to see two of them go down. They had a great season, obviously. Um, we love this father, father-son duo, which we have um, kind of throughout the Brazos Valley uh, this year a little bit. But, you know, have Jeff and Seth um, go, go down here in the area playoffs. But um, great season. Um, they were obviously able to come back from some, some COVID there, which we talked about in the beginning. It's hard, it's hard um, for every team not to be affected by that in some way. And they were able to, you know, bounce back and, and get this far. For sure. Well, coming up next. We got Zach Taylor joining us. He's going to preview AM Consolidated Rudder. Welcome back, everybody. We are joined now by our friend Zach Taylor of WTAW. He's the voice of the Rudder Rangers, and we're going to break down the big game this week at Merrill Green Stadium between the AM Consolidated Tigers and the Rudder Rangers. So, Zach, welcome back. You're, uh, you're one of our recurring guests now. <laughs> oh, man. Friend of the show. You hey, are. Yeah. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Thanks for having me back, guys. Well, Zach, we, we brought you back for the perfect week, too, because it's the biggest game of the season for Rudder, arguably, and uh, it's against Crosstown rival a Consolidated. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any arguing about it. I mean, this is for sure the biggest game of the year for them. Um, you know, depending on who you ask, I was talking with uh, Coach Eric Izar. Uh, in our weekly interview, I got to got to talk with him yesterday. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit confused as to how the playoff scenario would work out if Rudder were to win out and, uh, and possibly pull off a win this week, um, just what that would look like for the Rangers. But this is seemingly a playoff game for them. Uh, you know, it's going to be at home uh, against a team and that's really, really good and ain't and consolidated. So, uh, yeah, a huge game for, for both teams, but Rudder especially. For sure, it's it's the it's a must-win game for the Rangers. You lose and you're out. Uh, you also have to win next week against Lamar Consolidated. But this this is by far the tougher game of the two. Um, Zach Rudder coming off the bye week. How big was that for them to kind of get rest and then also get kind of some more preparation time for Consol? And what areas do you think they really needed to improve on this last couple weeks? Uh, well, you know, we all cover high school football, really any sport, but I think especially when you're talking about younger players, momentum is so important. Uh, and, and Rudder, to be able to gather gather some momentum, uh, their win 35-14 over, uh, over Houston Fulcher right before the break was without a doubt their best defensive performance of the year, and that's been the real uh, knock, I think, on Rudder, especially in district play, has been their, the performance of their defense. So the fact that they were able to, to have – their best outing, the defense's best outing uh, going into that break. And, yeah, as you mentioned, it's it's a two-week uh, preparation for Consol. You know, the Tigers had to, had to play 
Uh, Lamar consolidated last week, so I should say uh, Fulcher last week. They played Lamar consolidated to start the district, uh, but they played Fulcher last week. So the fact that Rudder has an extra week of of getting prepared for them, I think, helps the Rangers in some ways. But um, yeah, it just just having to get prepared. Also, another thing too is that this game is so uh, you know monumental for Rudder in that they need a win if they want a chance of the postseason. But I think it comes at a good time in that, you know, you, you look at having the last week off, having a bye, also Thanksgiving this week, you know, classes, you're not in classes. So there are a lot of ways you could get distracted in the middle of the year. But the fact that it's such a big game, I think will, will help keep Rudder uh, on point and on task. So um, we'll, we'll see come Friday night, but it should be a good one. For sure. And, you know, I, I went out to Rudder yesterday, uh, right, in a preview for this the game this week, and I was talking to Marcus Dials, their senior receiver, and uh, something that I was asking him about is, like, like you said, there, there's no school this week, so it's just football, and that's what he said. We're playing football and going home. You can't get – that's all you can ask for. And, you know, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, it, it bumped back the start of the football season, and traditionally – if you play football on Thanksgiving day in Texas high school football, that's a treat. Like you're in the third round of the playoffs normally, but this year, every team's getting to experience that at the five, a six, a level. And you know, how neat is that for a team like Rudder that they haven't yet been to the playoffs, but they're getting to experience something that is normally very sacred uh, in the playoff time for Texas high school football. Yeah, that, that's something I brought up to Coach Ezar yesterday as well. I'm like, you know, you've got these guys, especially your underclassmen. Uh, granted, none of the players have ever had this postseason experience, but especially if you're looking towards the future and, and you, you want to be a perennial playoff team, I'm thinking, you know, your guys are basically going to get a dose of postseason action uh, come this Friday night because it's going to be later in the year, as you said. That's generally a time that you'll be going two, three rounds deep. And also, it's going to be a playoff-like atmosphere because both of these teams have a lot to play for. And for Rudder, you know, they're they're playing for their their season lives, so to speak. I mean, whether win or lose, they still play another week. But if they want to keep going on, they definitely need a week this Friday or win this Friday. So I think that's a really good uh, experience for them. And real quick, just going back to the bye, you know, he also brought something up, uh, something else up, in that it allowed his players to kind of have a mental break. Um, you know, Coach Ezar made mention, we've been at this since the, the middle of the summer, really, actually early on in June. And, you know, we didn't know when the season was going to eventually start. It started later. You know, these guys have been getting prepared for this for a long time. So just being able to get a break from the game a little bit to, to kind of collect your thoughts and, and, and get ready for a, a hard week of practice leading up to the game, I think was important. For sure. And looking at the other side of this, AM Consolidated, this isn't a must win, but it's kind of a must win. If, if they lost, they could also get into the playoffs next week with a, a Lake Creek loss to Montgomery or a Rudder loss. And the Tigers are favored by 14, according to the Harris ratings. So, Abigail, I'm going to ask you, yeah. how big is this game for the Tigers? Um, really big. I mean – um, I think we didn't maybe expect them to to go down to, you know, um, Montgomery or even Huntsville early on in the season. And they really struggled with those two games. Um, and they're really fighting for it, trying to come back. Um, maybe not as dire as maybe it is for Rudder to win this week, obviously, but um, and to get their first time in the playoffs. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's still a huge game. They can't take this lightly again. Like we've said, mentioned before, it's obviously Thanksgiving week. Um, there's a lot of things to um, be distracted by, to to think about. But um, it's another important game. Obviously, they're not going to be at home technically. They'll be right, you know, right over to Brian a little bit. But still, I mean, it, it's a big game, and um, you, they can't take it lightly, obviously, this week. One strength of AM Consolidated's team is that front seven. They've got Jaden Thomas. They've got Eric Goodman. And this week, they're getting back Vince Sheffield, the middle linebacker, kind of the quarterback of that Tiger defense. You know, how important is it that they're going to get him back this week? And especially when you're trying to get pressure on EJ Ezar so he didn't have time to let Keith Ron Lee run all down the field and get open. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the defense is really going to be the key here um, for both teams. I feel like 
whoever has a better defense on Friday is most likely going to win. Um, so it's really important that they have another veteran guy like Vince um, back this week. Um, they, they've been able to win without him um, last week. I believe he was out, but um, you know, uh, it's really important to have him back as well. Um, Consol has been pretty consistent defense wise. Um, they have a lot of veteran guys, like we've mentioned before. Um, whereas Rudder, we've seen them maybe struggle a little bit um, on defense. We saw them last week, obviously, ha- or two weeks ago, sorry, have, you know, one of the biggest defensive games. They had turnovers, touchdowns, and, and things like that. Um, but, but they've really struggled with that the rest of the season. Um, whereas Consol has been pretty consistent. Um, they've had a couple of shutouts here and there. So um, that's really going to make all the difference. Obviously, all eyes are going to be pretty much on what Willis, Kyle Willis for Consol and, and um, EJ Ezar for Rudder will be able to do. Um, you know, we've seen them get some pressure um, from some teams this season, especially during district. And um, they've also kind of struggled there, you know, when they're not able to, to have time to, to find those receivers like um, Sutton Lake and, and Keith Ron Lee. I mean, Keith Ron Lee can do a lot of stuff, but if you can't find him, it's, it's hard for him to do anything. So, um, yeah, all eyes are going to be, you know, on the defense, obviously, this week. But, um, yeah, it's going to be important to, to watch out for those quarterbacks as well. For sure. Well, Zach, turning it back to you, let's, let's look at some keys to the game. What do, you, what do you think the Rangers have to do in order to come out victorious, whether it be protecting EJ Ezar, getting to Kyle Willis, or making plays other than Keith Runley? I think they're definitely going to have to get pressure uh, from a defensive standpoint. They've got to get pressure on Kyle Willis. Uh, you know, it, he's a little bit different than Gage Paul, which everybody remembers Gage from last year. Uh, yeah. was a pretty mobile guy back there. I, I think Kyle's a little bit different kind of quarterback, a little bit more of a pocket passer, not to say that he's not athletic, but uh, he, he probably won't be prone to run as much as Gage was. So, if the Rangers can get some pressure on him and possibly cause him to make some mistakes, uh, I, I think that will be big. And then on offense, it's all it's going to be all about up front. You know, can Rudder's offensive line, which is kind of a a, a mis, mix mix match, I should say, if I can get that out right, kind of a mix match of guys that they put together and and only brought one guy back with starting experience. You know, can they keep EJ Ezar and company? Uh, you know, upright? And can they open up holes for a run game? Because that's been another thing, too. When Rudder has not been able to run the ball, they've become very one-dimensional on offense. And, you know, we were talking about Keith Ron Lee is a very, um, very big talent. But when you've got two or three guys covering him and you shut everything else down and, and you're not able to run the ball, it's hard to move it. It's It's hard to move the ball. It's hard to score touchdowns. And so, I think for Rudder, if they can figure out a way to, to get some pressure up front um, and, and get some blocking up front, I think that they can make some things happen on offense for sure. And Abigail, over to you. Yeah. You know, what do you think AM Consolidated needs to do to come out with a win on Friday night? Yeah, almost a, almost a little bit similar. I mean, obviously their offensive line – um, has had some trouble um, this season too against similar teams that Rudder has also had trouble against like Huntsville and Montgomery um, those teams like that which both teams lost to um, so um, that's obviously going to be I'm sure a point of contention for them this week um, to protect Willis as much as he can like Zach mentioned Willis doesn't run much um, whereas Izar he could you know he, he uses both his legs and his arms and um, he's really a threat in that way whereas Willis you know he's he's good in the pocket and he he can get to his receivers but if he doesn't have time um that's when things start happening he gets sacked and things like that so again the offensive line gonna be a big one in this one um but also just you know consult has a you know more of a run game i would say they they do have some lake who um we've seen we've seen play, play really well this season um and then they got you know um Keyshawn um thomas as well um, who they get back again this week. Um, so, you know, big, two pretty big threats there. Um, obviously, Rudder has, you know, people like DJ Wallace and, and um, Ezar, who runs as well. But um, I think Kinsaw has the advantage there um, in that run game. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be almost similar to Rudder, where they're going to really need to protect their quarterback this week. Zach, one more question for you. How yeah. important do you think it is for Rudder to – have a sense of urgency of we need to win, but they can't make the moment bigger than it is. Uh, uh, 
I think that's going to be huge, especially for a team that might not be used to being in this kind of situation. Uh, situations, you know, last year it was uh, a game against Huntsville that came down to it. And if Rudder wins, then they got a great shot at the postseason. If they lose, then then they miss out. In fact, they did come up short, and that was a pretty lopsided game, uh, even though a lot of people had it circled on their calendar. So I, I think it is important not to lose sight of stuff, especially after you've had two weeks to think about it and you've had two weeks to kind of hype this game up in your mind. Um, yeah, it is huge. Yeah, it's big. We're talking about it. It's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest game uh, in the area this week. But at the same time, you have to go out and, and, and do what you've been successful at so far this year. And, um, you know, it's a tall task, no doubt, but Rudder does have some playmakers, especially on offense. So uh, that's something that they'll have to lean heavily on and get, get number five, Keith Runley, involved, whether it's in the run game or through the air. For sure. Well, I think we've got a great game coming up this Friday at Merrill Green Stadium. I, I know I know I'm looking forward to see what happens on Friday night. Zach, how can everybody tune in to the radio call for those who aren't able to come to the game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Rudder will be broadcast on uh, Gospel 97.3 FM. So that's 97.3 locally, radioaggieland.com from anywhere. And then uh, Tap Bentz and Mark Green have the call of Consol, uh, which is also on a Brian Broadcasting station. So that's on 1620 AM, 94.5 FM. And uh, again, you can go to radioaggieland.com, brazzisfootball.com, and, and check out the live streams for the games. Awesome. Well, Zach, thanks for coming on and previewing the game, and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, and coming up next, Abigail and I, we're going to preview some more big games here in week 14 of the Texas high school football season. All right, Abigail, here we go. It's the last segment. We're previewing week 14's slate of games here in the Brazos Valley. Um, let's start with the big schools. We'll go through these ones real quick. Brian, they closed the regular season at Colleen Ellison. The Vikings are favored by 14. They're already in the playoffs. Um, but the Vikings, they're going to have to do something they haven't done this year. Win on the road. Yeah. Um, and then College Station, they are continuing District 8, 5A Division One play at Waller. They've got two games left. We, we talked about the Cougars earlier. They're really on a roll. You know, they, they played the bottom two teams last the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, this should be another game that they probably win uh, before they close with a key game against Magnolia West. Yeah, I think the Cougars really the, – the plan this week is probably just to stay consistent, do what they've been doing the past few weeks or really all, this whole entire season um, to get ready for Mag West, um, get some reps in, get some, you know, just – you know, see Collins get in the end zone more, a little bit more. I, you know, it's it just really the, the, they just really need to get to Mac West right now. Um, and, and that'll be a big game for them. Obviously Waller's three and three right now. They beat, you know, the same teams as College Station, um, Caney Creek, Cleveland, the bottom two teams. And then um, they also beat um, New Caney there too. Um, but they let some easy points come through from those teams, whereas College Station has really shut those out and, um, not really let them score at all, except for New Caney, who scored a touchdown, like 45 seconds left. So, um, yeah, I, I think consistently, consistency will be a big thing for College Station. Just keep doing what they've been doing. Um, Defense-wise, they're really strong, and, and offensively, they have a bunch of guys um, who can make plays for them. So, it's just about staying, staying on that road. For sure. And for the Vikings, you know, it, it, it'd be good for them to – enter the playoffs with that continued momentum. Yeah. This is a game they should win for sure. So yeah, definitely. At, at the private school level, okay, we got playoffs for all three of our local teams. Brazos Christian, they're playing Shiner St. Paul this week. Uh, the Eagles, they lost to St. Paul earlier this season by 23. Allen Academy, they're favored big over McKinney Cornerstone. And St. Joseph's, they're favored big over Living Rock Academy and Spring Branch. This is week two of the TAPS playoffs, if I'm correct. I know Allen and Brazos Christian had games that were forfeited last week, I'm almost certain. Um, you know, Allen and St. Joseph, it sounds like they're going to win pretty big. Brazos Christian, on the other hand, they're going to need a big game. But 
we know we got they got some guys, Levi Hancock and those receivers. They can they can do stuff. Ben Hoffmeyer's got a great offense out there. So um let's let's focus on our small school games though, because we've got some big matchups. <laughs> I think the one we need to start with is definitely at 3A Division Two, Franklin, the Lions, the rematch against yeah. the Lexington Eagles. Friday night at 7 p.m. at Cubs Stadium in Brenham. Like I said before, this is a rematch from the district opener earlier this season. Both teams are on a roll. Mm -hmm. I think the question is, which defense is going to step up bigger? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the first meeting, Beating um, Franklin, obviously, won that, won that battle there defensive-wise. They had seven overtimes. You know, they, they really forced Lexington to be one-dimensional. They forced them to throw the ball, um, whereas they're usually, you know, Kerr's usually getting it and running it, and, and he's their guy for them. But, yeah, it's really going to be about defense. I think um, not only that, but I think offensive-wise, offensive they, you know, we've talked about Kerr not getting tired. Um, in the playoffs, you know, because they're, he's really the guy that um, leads them um, offensively. But also I think Franklin might have the upper hand here only because they do have more, they, they have more guys who are consistently in the end zone. I mean, they had, you know, they had Seth Spiller, Malcolm Mur Murphy, who were big guys for them in, in the last time they met Lexington, um, you know, Bryson Washington, um, Bobby Washington, <laughs> I could not remember his name. Um, but, you know, they have more guys, um, I think, that they can go to, um, whereas Lexington might, might focus on one or two of their guys. But um, so I think Franklin might have the upper hand there. But really, it's going to be um, about which defense can really take control. Obviously, the last time Franklin was able to – they were pretty dominant at the line of scrimmage and able to stop um, Kerr from going anywhere. They were able to force a few fumbles and turnovers and things like that. So – um, a big matchup this week. I'm sure Lexington has had this um, in their minds to avenge that loss earlier this season. I'm sure they're looking at that game film again. Um, but yeah, but like you said, both teams are on a roll. I think the first time around, we, we thought Lexington was going to roll over Franklin. <laughs> that did not happen. Um, this time around, I really think it's a toss-up. You know, I, I'm not sure who's going to win this one. Um, because they've just been so strong. And like, like we mentioned earlier, Lexington's defense, obviously, has done some great things in this in this playoffs. Um, two shutouts, and it, you know a shutout against East Bernard in double overtime, and you can't get much better than that. So um, I think it's really going to be a tough game here, but um, it'll be a good one Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I definitely think Franklin has the upper hand. They're favored in the game, um, mm -hmm. but I definitely think Lexington is going to play much better this yeah. time around. I mean. <laughs> You're probably not going to turn the ball over seven times again, but um, yeah. Lexington is a much improved team too. Uh, Jared Kerr is healthy; that's going to help mm -hmm. them. And uh, but yeah, stopping Franklin is a tall order for anybody. So, but yes. Lexington, that defense—they're playing great. They're playing lights out. They so are. we'll see what happens at the four A Division Two level. Navasota, they're playing Geronimo Navarro Friday night at 7 p.m. in Giddings. Uh, Abigail, is this the toughest game to date for Navasota? And mm -hmm. the question is, how are the Rattlers going to do if Jamar Jesse can't play? Well, <laughs> you know, we don't know. I, 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 we haven't had to figure that out this season. Um, luckily, he has not gotten hurt, but... Um, until last week. But, you know, I, I talked to Coach Dacus a, a few days ago. He said they're still not sure if he's going to play or not. Um, I know that shoulder was, uh, you know, wrapped um, in the second half of, of the Rockport um, Fulton game. Um, so, you know, a little troubling to see that. We're not really quite sure. Um, the only indication we got was that second half of last week of how they could play without Jesse. Obviously, um, they came out with a win, but it was really tight there in the, in the second half. Um, Rockford Fulton is a great team um, offensively. They were able to move the chains. They had um, two really good running backs. Um, but it's going to be really hard for Navasota um, 
if they, if they, if Jesse's not able to get back in some capacity, or you know Darius Randall only had two carries for them last week. Um, Dak has said that he had, um, I, I believe he sprained his ankle. Um, it was something with his ankle. I guess he hurt in by district. Um, so he didn't get a lot of carries and he's usually the guy, if Jesse's not doing something, he is. Um, so that's when we really saw younger players kind of have to step up there, um, to replace those two last week. Um, now I don't know how Randall is this week. Um, if maybe he's more mobile than he was for the Fulton game, but that's going to be really important too. If they don't have either of those guys coming in at all, um, it's really going to depend on maybe Freer, Freer having another big game or Gonzalez getting more comfortable there at, under center. Um, but it's going to be really hard. This is the toughest game, I think, going back to your first question, um, for Navasota against Navarro. Um, they had a couple – I mean, Navasota has had a hard schedule this season. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, they played, you know, Cuero and Giddings and, and all those tough teams. And then you get Rockport Fulton, who gave them a hard time um last week again so yeah you know Navarro went four rounds last year they're returning a lot of the the same people who are on the team um so it's definitely not going to be another it's not going to be an easy win for Navasota but it's especially not going to be easy if they don't have their star guys there um now Navasota's defense is pretty strong um we've seen it all season they're able to you know uh come back in the second half and really stop big teams and and really get uh, win some tight games there. So they're going to have to to stay strong. The offense is going to need to step up and replace those big guys if they're, if they're not playing, which we don't know. But um, I think really we, we've talked about it all season for Navasota. Um, the Rattlers really need to strike fast and early <laughs> um, and not give it up to that second half. I know I, I probably sound like a broken record there, but, um, you know, especially now you can't give it up um, – to, to see what your defense can do, uh, you know, uh, you know, fourth and goal, uh, you know, with two minutes left. You, you don't want to leave your defense with little to no room to, to help you out there. And Navarro is going to be that team that's going to push them again. For sure. At the 2A Division One level, Norman G, they're going to have mm-hmm. to play Beckville Friday night at 7.30 p.m. in Corsicana. This was the game that we thought maybe it would be Norman G. Hearn, but no, Norman G. is going to have yeah. to play Beckville, and all of a sudden, Beckville's <laughs> kind of on the radar. And yeah. so the Panthers, though, they are going for their first ever state quarterfinal appearance. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of things are obviously on the line for them, um, not, but Norman G. has been so consistent this season. Um I think it was probably good for them to see um, Beckville play a a team like her and another Brazos Valley undefeated team um, this season. Um, Now, Normandy might have had a harder schedule this this year if you kind of look at it in comparison to her. Um, But, yeah, you know, Beckville's offense, I was looking at, you know, Travis's story. They weren't doing anything fancy. Uh, You know, they weren't. It was usually just, it seemed like the quarterback was just running, you know, running up the middle. It didn't seem like they were doing anything um, too difficult. And you know that Normandy defense. I mean, we've seen it all season. We saw it again last week. They're able to come out um, when it matters the most. um, And they have the guys to do it, obviously. Um, But but Normandy also played Carlisle, who was kind of doing something similar to Beckville, just a jet sweep, quick, you know, those plays and, um, they were able to beat them there. So I think it'll be a kind of a similar week um, this week. But, you know, another, uh, you know, can Beckville knock off two undefeated teams in a row? <laughs> I mean, that would be quite a feat. Um, but I think Normandy does have a good chance, just defensive-wise. that they're, they're very strong. And um, offensively, they're really consistent. Um, they strike fast and early. Um, and, and they don't really let you – give you time to breathe there. So um, it, it'll be a hard one, but um, we'll see if Beckville's as strong as they look like last week um, to be able to knock out two of them. For sure. And at the 2AD2 level, Snook, they're playing Cristobal. Cristobal, yeah. home of a legend Jack Pardee. <laughs> Fact of the day, Abigail. Um Friday at 4 p.m. in Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't read that. For a 
but there's so many games. There are a lot of games. <laughs> um, the question here is, can the Blue Jays keep it rolling? And Abigail, if I'm not mistaken, you're writing a feature story on Snook this week. Is that right? Yeah, totally. You know, I got to talk to uh, Coach Patterson, um, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I, they really like being the underdog over there, he told me. <laughs> they were the underdog last week um, against Yorktown. They're the underdog this week against um, Cristobal. Um, 17 points, I believe, by Harris ratings. So um, they really like being in that, you know, proving people wrong. Um, and, and they've been able to do it all season. They Obviously, they had a rocky start. They go 0-3. Um, and really pick it up, turning things around and going into district. Um, they have multiple guys, which I think is really going to help them this week. They have multiple targets, people that they can lean on. Um, you know, C- Coach Patterson was telling me, you know, when one guy goes out or, you know, the defense tries to stop one guy from from doing stuff, we have other guys to do things. You know, they're not just relying on, you know, Garrett Leroy or, or you know, a- any of those guys. So. Um, that's going to be really big for them again this week. Um, Cristobal obviously has a solid quarterback um, in, in Braden um, Wilcox, who has about 1,800 yards passing and about 1,500 yards rushing this season, um, which is pretty impressive. They also have a stout defense, which I talked to Patterson about. Um, he, he really said that he thinks that Snook's you know, speed is really going to give them a, the advantage this week. Um, but they're really going to have to stop Wilcox and, and slow him down a little bit and force him to, to go to other people. Um, so, but interesting enough, both teams can make history in their programs again. I know we talked about Snook obviously has made enough history this week, this year to last a lifetime, but if they win, it'll be the first time that they move on, um, you know, to the, to the quarterfinals and same thing for Cristobal. They've never done that in their program's history either. So a big game, both teams trying to prove to their towns that, you know, they can continue this historic run. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be hard. Snook's going to really have to use all the guys that they have. Um, the defense is really going to need to continue to be um, as consistent and strong as they are because Cristobal is really going to give them um, everything that they have. And, you know, Will Cox obviously is going to be the guy that you're going to want to look for if you're – a snook defender for sure and last but not least this is honestly one of the biggest games yeah. maybe the biggest game uh 1a d2 calvert and richland springs friday at 6 30 in gatesville not the trojans they've been knocked out by richland springs the last two years they're playing for the region title region four title um yeah. It, you know this is a game the Trojans are just itching to win. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, another big matchup, another high stakes, two teams coming back together um, this year and this season. So, you know, the I believe the last two matchups have been pretty tight. Um, you know, score-wise, I think it's going to be the same thing again this week. But Calvert um, has very, been very balanced on both sides of the ball. I know we haven't talked about them much this season, but, um, you know, look, just it, it, if you look at their, you know, final scores alone, they those guys get to it early. They don't waste any time. Um, and defensive-wise, they're able to hold teams. Um, or they've been able to hold teams all season. So um, that'll be really important. I don't know too much about Richland Springs, but Calvert's a – pretty tight team this year. Um, I, I know last week um, Oglesby caught up to Richland Springs there. Um, obviously they ended up losing, but um, you know, I think that cover does have a chance this year. It'll be a really big game for them, um, but they're going to need their guys to, to keep, keep doing what they've been doing this season, um, coming out strong, scoring early, um, scoring consistently um, to beat this tough Richland Springs team who's obviously you know, who's been great for the past few seasons. For sure. And we're going to have our team out and about in the, the state of Texas, honestly, uh, from the handy Robert Cessna. It sounds like Travis Brown. He'll be at a Consolidated Rudder. I will be in Brenham covering Franklin uh, Lexington and our good pal Cease. He's going north to Corsicana. 
yeah. to cover Norman G in Beckville. Abigail's going to be in the office holding down the fort, making sure all of our stories don't have terrible errors <laughs> and nonsensical facts. So be sure my box score is right, Abigail. All right. I'll, I'll double check yours for sure. Oh, and before we leave, I'd be remiss to tell this Robert Cessna story. So in preparation for my Lexington Franklin game story, I uncovered that those two teams have played each other twice in the playoffs, one of which was a 3A state semifinal in 1978. And I said, Cease, oh. I said, Cease, what happened? I'm sure you covered <laughs> that game. And he goes, no, I did. It was at Bryan High School. Wow. Cease can remember the details. Lexington won 22 to 21. He said, Franklin, it might have been the best team Franklin has ever had under the legendary Joe Hedrick, but the the Eagles, they were down two scores in the fourth quarter. They came back and went for two in the last few minutes wow. to win by one. And then the next week they got blown out by China Spring in this in the state championship game. <laughs> wow, what a game though. I mean <laughs> So just just a little bit of history. Uh yeah. that, that that was also Cease's fourth year at the Eagle. Um, not saying he's old, but he's been around the block a few times. So sure he would uh, agree with that. So, all right, everybody. I think that's all the time we got. Abigail, I'm looking forward to this week of football. Yes. It should be a good one. Yes, it should be um, a lot to be thankful for. Like we mentioned in the beginning, um, we hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving at, and then get ready for Friday. Cause there's, it's going to be pretty jam packed. For sure. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, whatever that is. Our podcast, the Brazos Sports Prepcast. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to send us your scores at Brazos Sports so we can keep track of everything going on in the Brazos Valley. So once again, for Alex Miller and Abigail Ochoa, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.